The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, <laughs> J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome in. It is Wednesday, week 14, and it's time for Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. We've got a busy show ahead here on Jaguars.com today. <laughs> NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joining us shortly from Los Angeles. Senior writer John Ozier from Jaguars.com with us. The Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming up in Nashville, a place the Jaguars haven't won since 2013. And we've got a question off social media a little bit later as well. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. Well, all eyes and thoughts on the quarterback's big toe on his left foot, including head coach Doug Peterson earlier today. You know, day to day, um, getting treatment every day, you know, and um, just uh, progressing in the right direction. You got yeah. practice today? No. No, we'll just keep him out today. Um, even though, you know, tempo-wise, it's more walk-through tempo. He'll get all the mental reps uh, today, but but uh, nothing from the standpoint of, you know, moving around. What's the level of concern of him playing on Sunday? I mean, obviously, when it's your quarterback, there's and any player, there's a level of concern. But, you know, we still got several days, you know, uh, before the game. But, um, you know, he's, uh, he, he's tough. Um, and uh, he'll do everything he can, I know, in his power to try to, to, try to be out there. But uh, we'll just take it day by day. Lawrence was made available to the media as normal on Wednesday after practice, a practice that he did not really participate in, as you heard from the head coach there. His thoughts on the week ahead. I'm feeling better today um, than I was Monday and yesterday. You know, a little bit of the soreness is, is kind of is going down a little bit. Um, obviously still, still sore and kind of taking it day by day, but – um, fortunate for sure. You know, I feel I feel pretty good. All right, there you have it from the uh, quarterback. We welcome in Bucky Brooks, John Osier, uh, C.J. Beathard was speaking in the locker room today. He hasn't had this many snaps in a practice in like two years. He said it's been a little while. It's one of those weeks. We'll uh, kind of play it day to day, Bucky. But you know, Trevor's a tough guy. There's no doubt about that. It's just a matter of if it's going to do anything else. And and here we go. Uh, opening Titans week, talking about a big toe. Yeah, open it up because the franchise quarterback is everything. Uh, you got to have Trevor Lawrence to be able to compete at a high level, particularly against a team like the Titans, a team that was the number one seed a year ago. And despite the stuff that may be going on, the chaos that they're currently going through, this is still a really good team. And so you need all hands on deck. And Trevor Lawrence is certainly uh, the biggest piece of the puzzle. He's the biggest hand. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's need on deck. I would, you know, uh, Doug does a good job of. Uh, not tipping his hand with injuries. Um, it, you think about it, a lot of guys listed as questionable going into the weekend. He doesn't really tip it off a whole lot. I think that's by design. You know, uh, our coaches like to do that. I'd be very surprised if Trevor doesn't play. Uh, he didn't seem to be walking into the press room with a limp. Um, the fact that he talked today, you know, who knows? I think we're still getting a feel for sort of how Doug handles the, you know, uh, games or whatever all, all that is all, all the outfield stuff i'd be surprised i'd be surprised if he doesn't play uh and i've said it all week I, I i think this is a big big game for the franchise i think you need to beat this team and show you can beat this team 
and I'm sure we'll talk about that more later. But I, I think they'll have their quarterback. But who knows? Yeah, uh, Doug Peterson also today said that, hey, he's wearing kind of this protective shoe thing. And I saw it in the locker room today. It's almost like a glorified sandal. It's it's not even like a – it's not even close to a boot, one of those. So we'll see. Um, who knows? It's well, Wednesday. It makes sense if you think about it. And uh, Bucky obviously dealt with injuries. So he can probably speak to it more. But you're – 11 or 12 games in, so Trevor clearly knows the offense now, knows what he's doing. You'd love to have him out there, but with an injury like this, you've got to think that staying off of it for a few days helps the pain that he might feel in it. So it makes sense to sort of hold him out purely, not precautionary, but just so that he will feel better, even though you have a really good idea that he's going to play on Sunday. That's... My gut that that's is that that's what it is. We'll see if if my gut is right. It's been wrong before, yeah. really wrong. Right. Hey, Bucky, <laughs> <laughs> I have a question uh, for the I, assistant coach, yeah. Bucky Brooks. So uh, if he does not practice all week, Doug said that he'd be comfortable playing him. But this deep into the season, that's he knows the offense, right? That's not the question at all. Yeah, he knows the offense. Um, he can play without practicing all week. It's certainly not ideal. But what you would do is you try and get him uh, to undergo like a, a pretty extensive pregame warm up with the starters coming out. So you know how we see those guys come out early in shorts, uh, their hoodies on, they're kind of warming up. I think what you do is you kind of put them through the paces then just to make sure that the timing is right in the passing game. But when it comes to the playbook, he knows what he needs to know in the playbook. He knows the X's and O's and all of those things. Now it's about making sure that he gets to the game fresh and ready to go. You want him healthy. You want him to give him the best chance for him to have an impact on the game. And the only way you can do that is kind of hold him out unless you absolutely need him to be a practice. Yeah, Doug was asked, as most coaches are in their first year, are you okay with playing a player who hasn't practiced all week, in this case Trevor Lawrence? And he gave a very calm, standard answer. And the real answer was, you're darn right I am. I mean, when it's your quarterback and when it's clearly the quarterback – uh, you know, you've got to think that even him making a mistake because he didn't practice is still superior to playing your backup because it's so important. So, I again, if it's close, he's going to play. If, so. it, if it's not a chance of recurring injury or if he can move. Uh, and, again, to me, the fact that he was uh, walking without a limp today makes me feel like he's going to be okay to play. And, I mean, just consider how lucky that is, uh, looking at the play itself again from last week. I mean, it, it, this could have been so much worse than uh, we're sitting here talking about right now, Bucky. Yeah, so much worse. Uh, being being field level, I thought it was a knee injury uh, because when you go out there and you see the trainers working on the lower leg and and, and kind of doing the, the, the flexion test, Normally, that is associated with me. At no point did I think it was a toe injury. But when he made his way back onto the field and he made his way back onto the field without a brace and he didn't have a noticeable limp or anything like that, uh, well, then you felt better. Because the one thing that you know is this dude is really a critical part of this team's future. And having the franchise quarterback healthy and available to play is a, is, is, is a huge part of being able to win games. And so the fact that he might be, and we anticipate him being able to, uh, to play this weekend gives the Jaguars at least a puncher's chance of being able to win. And if he plays better, then the odds increase of the Jaguars being able to win. Yeah, I wrote about it in, in several spots on, on the site on Monday because I get that they got blown out. Um, 
and I get that it was bad in the short term, but it, in the long term, his health, not only do you want him for the last five games, what you particularly don't want to me is him standing on the sidelines on, on May 2nd where, or or having one of those situations that we've all covered, all been around where you're easing him back in during training camp and you're being cautious with him during training camp. You don't want that at all. No. Nope. I mean, the off season for these guys, when you talk to players, and Bucky can probably speak to this, when you talk to players who have rehabbed in the off season, their ramp up, their ramp up for that season, it just feels different. And, and you want this guy, you know, hundred percent ready to go in the off season. I think that's as critical a story as there is for the future of the franchise, as as how he plays in the last five games. Yeah, going to year two of an offense. Uh, really, yeah. that's, that's a big deal. Uh, this is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. That That is the offensive side, of course. They had some drops. They had a fumble, all that. We can get to that a little bit later, and we're moving forward now. But the other side of the ball last week was the big story coming out of that game in Detroit, of course. Eight scoring drives for the Lions, and then the ninth was the kneel down to end the game. The Jaguars did not get off the field against the Lions. There you have it. Um, score, I mean, just – Scoring drive after scoring drive. So, um, is this uh, is this a one off? What was the? What do you take the, away the most from this defensive performance last week, Bucky? And how do they flush this one and move on to a, a different feeling Tennessee offense? Well, if you Doug Peterson, what you have to do is you have to invoke the twenty four hour rule. So no matter how bad it looked on Sunday, by the end of Monday we got to be done with it. We got to put it to bed. We got to move forward. Uh, and it was embarrassing. I mean, it was embarrassing for a team to score on eight straight drives. And the only time that you stopped them was because they elected to kneel down at the end of the game. And so this is one where when you go back and you reevaluate the scheme and the personnel, there are issues. Some of the issues exist in the back end where you're not good enough to play man to man and you don't appear to have a, a feel for how to play zone. And so if you're Dan Quinn, uh, I, mean, if you, I mean, if you're Mike Caldwell and you're sitting here trying to figure out how do I call a defense to put my team in the best situation, it's hard if you can't play man and you can't play zone, uh, you can't heat them up because you have coverage deficiencies. It, it just makes it very, very difficult and challenging to win a game. And then the other part of this is up front, you thought the front was going to be the strength of the team. You thought that you would be able to really dominate the game with a four-man or a five-man line. And right now, the Jaguars haven't been able to do it. So it's a combination of the defensive coordinator looking at the scheme and trying to figure out what can I do better to help my guys perform, but then the players got to play better. And so everybody is accountable, coaching staff, players, everyone has to raise their level of play heading into Tennessee next week. Yeah, when you, I mean, when you can't play man or zone, there's, you know, so you know, those are many, the two choices. How many other options? Last time I checked. I mean, no. it, 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 <laughs> it, 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 I mean, uh, I'm not really trying to be cute there. I'm trying to emphasize I'm getting a lot of questions about Mike Caldwell, and I know he's in his first year, and I'm sure there are things where he would he would tell you, yeah, I wish I had that one back, or maybe I could have done this differently or that differently. But I, I couldn't agree more with everything Bucky just lined up. When you can't cover in the back end and the quarterback can get rid of the ball at at, at his leisure when he wants to, and when your linebackers are clearly having trouble recognizing so that the short stuff, uh, the checkdowns are available, it, it's hard to rush the passer 
when you don't have dominant pass rush. I mean, this team doesn't have a pass rush that's just going to scare you and get there with four. So I don't know really what you call. And then the other day you had the added effect of an okay pass rush. Because I, I do think with a good secondary, this pass rush would be okay. But you had an okay to not, you know, a three or four on a scale of uh, one to ten is the pass rush this year. But you had a really good offensive line that brought that pass rush down to where it was just non-existent because the Lions' offensive line is good. So I don't think it was a one-off. I mean, unfortunately, and JP, you have to read me every day, and I apologize for that. But Thank you. I've written two or three times this week people talking about the defense regressing. I don't know if it has. They had two good performances this year against the Colts and the Chargers who were depleted offensively. And then you shut the Texans down to 13. Other than that, they've given up 20 every game. So are they regressing, or is this what they are? And again, I'm not trying to year, sit at this time of year. You should kind of know what you are. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to sit there and hammer them, hammer them, hammer them. But I'm making the point that I don't know if you can look at the staff and say, "Oh, the players are getting worse." It's what I think it is. What it is, and the flaws that we see, I think, are the flaws. And I don't know if there's a way to get them better. I, I hope I'm wrong, but that's what it feels like. Uh, I can agree with you. I can agree with. Uh, like Jay, when he says that the flaws are the flaws and you're not going to be able to radically change anything in the middle of the season. Uh, the players have talked about simplifying the scheme and doing things differently. The coaches have talked about that. Doug has talked about maybe we need to go bend, but don't break and keep everything in front. The problem is the personnel that you have doesn't necessarily match the philosophy that you want to employ. And so going into this, uh, the personnel that was accumulated were more man-to-man corners, guys that were supposed to be able to go nose-to-nose and jam and play with you, uh, bump and run, but they can't do that. And when you put them in off coverage, they're kind of like fish out of water. They're not very comfortable in playing that. They don't understand uh, route concepts and combinations and how to pass things off, and so they get lost in the sauce, and so you see big plays happen. Um, This is one where we're going to have to kind of bite the bit for the rest of the year, and then in the offseason, that's when you can overhaul the defense, and that's when you can implement and make some of the changes that need to be made uh, to be better, not only against the pass, but also in terms of rushing the passer, because right now they're not getting it done in either aspect. I think Bucky has uh, off screen like a list of sayings that he marks off. And that might lost, be my favorite of the year. Lost in the sauce was yeah. next on the list. That was a new one. As Bucky. much as I oh, hated I, I that he was that, right but, in, yeah. in his analysis there, I love the fact that we heard lost in the sauce. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> we knew exactly That's what you really meant, good. too. It makes That's sense. really good. It, it, it fits. Uh, we're back in a moment. It's time to deck the halls, Duval. Join us Sunday, December 18th as Trevor Lawrence leads the charge against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're gifting the game or treating yourself, we've got tickets to fit every budget. So visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We will look ahead to the first place Tennessee Titans when we return. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. I'll tell you, this is a good football team now. Um, and our guys better be better be prepared and ready to go. Um, they're, they're well coached. You know, um, I know Vrabel well. Um, you know, and they feed off of him and his, uh, his excitement and enthusiasm. And... Um, you know, it's a disciplined group, and um, it's a, it's a, it's very much like that Baltimore type game. It's going to be a 60-minute, you know, football game. It's going to be a physical football game, and 
and uh, our guys uh, you know, need to understand that. That's the head coach, of course, Doug Peterson. Earlier today, welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. It's Wednesday, week 14. J.P. Shadrick with John Osier here in Jacksonville. Bucky Brooks out west in Los Angeles getting ready for the Titans and the Jaguars. And uh, let's take a look at the series history. Uh, it's pretty ugly if you're a Jaguar fan. The Titans lead all time in the regular season. Of course, the win in the AFC Championship game after 99. Uh, since 2012, it has been all Titans. The Titans have won the last five and nine of the last ten, and they've beat the heck out of the Jaguars in scoring in the current five-game losing skid. The Jags haven't won in Nashville since the Will Blackman sack, fumble, recovery, and return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter back in 2013. Uh, Tyler Shatley uh, in the locker room today was about the only one that was on the team. He was inactive for that game on the sideline, and he just doesn't remember it at all. I don't think he was there. He was uh, he was inactive. He was he remembered. He was there. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, that's he right. He's, he was a rookie. He got here in thirteen. That's right. But okay. <laughs> well, good for him. Yeah. Either um, way, but that it's not going well. How? I have a question for the former player. Um, mm. And me as a media guy sort of believes this, but I want to bounce it off Bucky. I think this is a crucial game for this team because I don't think they're going to go to the playoffs. But at some point, you have to be able to go up to Tennessee and win. If 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 you're going to be the big dog in the division, and, you know, and not get lost in the sauce, then you know, at some point, you got to be able to go up and win this game. Uh, how much of that is real buck for players? You know, I know that not everybody on this team has been to Nashville, so they don't have that thing about Tennessee. But do you think it's important for that reason? It is important. It's important because this is a team that is uh, lorded over division the last three years. And so you need to go and beat them so that you can get past that stigma or mystique that they have when it comes to being able to dominate the AFC South. Uh, if you Doug Peterson, the reason why you want to win this is because you want to come back off a very disappointing performance against the Lions. And you want to show that, hey, we took advantage of the opportunities we had throughout the practice week to get better. Here we are. Let's put it on tape. You put it on tape and you win. Well, then you get more buy-in from the rest of the team. And so it's a huge game for the Jaguars, not necessarily just because you're talking about taking over the division, but you're trying to build some things to set yourself, set your team up for success in future years. By the way, you're right, John. So Shatley was a rookie in 14, and that's why I didn't remember it in the locker room. Today. It was like two or three of us asking him about it. JP like, just I don't said something that I never hear at home. <laughs> John, you were right. <laughs> so this is a big yeah. day for me. But that said, there's nobody <laughs> left on the team that was there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's, what it it's is. probably why he didn't. He's like, I don't remember you know. it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he wasn't there. Um, but okay, yeah. no, go ahead, John. No, I I just uh, to me, how much different will the off season feel for these guys? If they win this game, I, and uh, maybe I'm overemphasizing it for the Jaguars. Yeah, for the Jaguars, because now you go in having improved. Uh, I think they'll win a couple of their last five. But it, if this is one of them where you've gone up there and I've uh, beaten this team, then you go into the offseason not uh, telling yourself, hey, we, you know, uh, uh, beat the Colts. If you, if you get one against the Texans. Then you go up and feel like you've really made a good stride this season for this. So I think it's big. 
It is big. And, of course, Tennessee at the top of the division because they run the football. They are physical, and Derrick Henry leads the way there. He is number one in the NFL in rushing attempts this year. Though the last few weeks, the yardage has not quite been, uh, you know, a big over-the-top 100-yard kind of day for Henry. But, you know, they still give it to him enough where the yardage adds up over the season. And uh, he's really put together some big games against the Jaguars, of course, as you see there. Um, boy, he's, he's put up a couple of 200-yard games over the last uh, five or six meetings. We know all about those. And... You know, if you hit him early, talking to some guys in the locker room today, Bucky, you got to get him early. Don't let him get the head of steam, get penetration, hit him in the backfield, keep hitting him, and, and that's how you can slow him down at least. Yeah, like he's one of those guys that's like the big old monster truck that's sitting in the driveway, and you don't want him to go down the driveway, get a little momentum. If you can get him early before he gets everything going, you have a chance to slow him down. But let's be honest what this is. This is a test of your courage and your bravery and your toughness when it comes to dealing with a 245, 250-pound running back that likes to run between the tackles. And what the Tennessee Titans do is they do a great job of getting their bigs on your littles. And so they're going to leave corners unblocked, they'll leave the safety unblocked, and they literally will dare you to make tackles one-on-one with your little guy taking on him. And then if you decide that you want to go all out and sell out to stop the run, well, now they've added two marquee players that can tear you up in man-to-man coverage. Um, you know, it's it's, it's, it's it's interesting because what they want to do with Tray- Trayvon Burks is is make those plays, but you have to take you have to take King Henry away. You have to make this a game where it's about Ryan Tannehill having to throw to the guys on the outside, and you have to dare those guys to win. But you cannot let the King get going because we've seen it time and time again. When he gets going against the Jaguars, it's all bad for Jacksonville. Yeah, and I don't know if this Tennessee offense, you know, it is Derrick Henry absolutely the dominant, dominant running back that he was in year five and six. I I don't know. Uh, the The Titans offense doesn't seem to have that element this year where they can come back running the ball. Like, they were stunningly good at that for two or three years. Mm-hmm. So they would be down 14, and they would run their way back into games. That That's really hard to do. But if they're not, and he's not, he's still really, really good and really, really dangerous. I mean, it's not like you can say, well, they don't have to worry. You know, he's still a guy that it, it, if you don't approach it right and if if you let him get going – he can still embarrass you. So uh, I think it's a big step. I mean, a big test. I, I, I think the Jaguars should match up better against this than they have in the past because they certainly feel like they're a better run defense. But it didn't feel that way last week, if you follow me. I, I kept saying all last week that they'd be able to match up because it was a conventional offense, the whole thing. Uh, their numbers showed it, Bucky, but – it didn't feel like they were great against the run last week. And are they as good as we thought against conventional offenses, I guess, is is, is what I'm asking you. Time will tell, because I don't know, John. Because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The way that the Detroit Lions went up and down the field, they beat them. They beat them up. They, 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 they beat them any way that they wanted to. It was very decisive. It wasn't close. And so my fear was, man, is that the exposure, the exposure 
that we did not want the rest of the league to get to see that kind of stuff on tape. Uh, the Jaguars are going to face those kinds of things week in, week out until they resolve them. And so uh, the physicality and, and, and toughness, the lack thereof against the Lions, well, then you're going to get tested by the team that fancies themselves as the bullies on the block in the AFC South. And so how do we respond to the physicality? How do we respond with that gap discipline and integrity to defend the run? And then finally, can you keep these guys from going over the top. Can you keep Robert Woods and Traylon Burks and those guys contained where they don't hurt you? Because we have played against better wide receivers and they've hurt you. We play with lesser receivers and they've hurt us. So our corners and DBs, they don't have to wear the big hat this week because they need to be able to cover these guys man to man. So you can stop what you want to stop in the running game. I had one question for the scout. Uh, how much in, I think it probably hurt him a little bit again, all week, I'm not making the case that this is a good Jaguars defense, but it was it was on Sunday. It was worse than I expected. How much did Cisco being out, that being sort of a last minute thing? Do you think that hurt at all? And again, this has been a team that's given up 27 or 28 the last two or three weeks. So I think it's I think that's where it is. 40 and just not being able to stop anybody. Even that surprised me. Uh, did Cisco have anything to do with that? No. I mean, I think Cisco is a good player, and I think he's a ball hawk. I think he does a good job of patrolling the middle, and he's a traffic cop. You remove a starter. So he certainly had an impact. But in terms of what we witnessed, what we witnessed was a mom Ross St. Brown go over 100 yards, just spinning DBs around like tops, finding soft spots in zone coverage. We then saw DJ Chark, the same DJ Chark that was up and down with the Jaguars, go for five for 98 almost had a 100-yard game. Jerry Goff threw for over 300 yards. There was no way that we could slow them down at any point of the game. Could not get off the field on money downs. And so my biggest fear is that everyone looks at that tape and says, you know what? I don't think these guys can defend the pass. And they just go at them. And then later when they decide to run it, they run it. But I don't know. I don't know how Mike Caldwell can resolve this because the personnel, the philosophy in, in, in the playbook they don't match, and I don't think you can win at a high level with things that aren't aligned when it comes to how you play, how you develop your players, how you want to get it done. All right, guys, let's come back in a moment. We'll take a look at the Titans' defense, a uh, another physical group, certainly up front, and we've got a social media question a little bit later. We'll wrap it up coming up in a little bit. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. You know, I think games like this, the trenches, as they say, um, control the line of scrimmage becomes important. Um, and the ability to, to tackle, you know, Derek. I mean, he's a, he's a big physical running back, and, and uh, it's going to take all 11 defensively to, to do that. And, um, but it, it de- definitely starts both sides of the ball, offensive line controlling their D-line, and then, of course, you know, our defensive line um, against their offensive line. Um, the trenches is uh, is a big part of this game. Yes, it is. It's Titans Jaguars week, and the Jaguars are headed to Nashville in week 14. They haven't won there since 2013. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Ozer alongside. Let's take a look at the Titans defensive ranking so far through week 13, and the uh, the Titans defense, well, there you have it. Um, 
towards the bottom in total yardage. Very good against the run this year, statistically at least. They give up some passing yardage. They take the ball away 13 times, nine interceptions this year. Number one on third downs for this Tennessee defense. So uh, they stop the run. They're good on third down. So that can mean some good things a lot of times uh, when you have those two things going for you, Bucky. Yeah, I mean, those are the things. That's the name of the game. Like, you have to be able to do it. You have to be able to stop the run. You have to be able to control third down because you got to get off the field and money downs. We saw that uh, last week. When you don't get off the field and money downs, it hurts you because teams continue to sustain drives. Eventually, you get worn down, and then they have their way with you. Uh, the Tennessee Titans are uh, an excellent team because they play a game that is different than the way most teams play. They're old school. They're very physical. They play complementary ball where they're running game matches a very physical defense that wants to get after you. And when you look at their defense, their defense has steadily improved over the course of the year. Uh, this is one of the biggest tests and challenges that we'll face um, because we, we stood tall against most physical teams, but this is a little different because this team also has the mental advantage because they won so many games in a row. Yeah, I, I talk all the time about, and it's sort of a different way of saying what Bucky just said, I like teams that know how they – uh, that know what they are. And uh, the Titans, to me, are are the perfect example of that. I don't know that they're incredibly more talented than the Jaguars. But uh, Doug Peterson said it during his press conference today. They have guys who you can tell have played together. Uh, Doug respects that a lot because I know he's trying to get there with this team. It's why he keeps talking about second year with Trevor Lawrence and these guys playing together. The Titans have a lot of guys who know how the Titans want to play. And it, it looks ugly. I'm a Jaguars fan in week three or four uh, emailing me about, well, the, the Titans are terrible. Look at them. They're two and two. They're terrible. They're an average team. And they're going to, well, they might look that way, but somehow under Vrabel, they never really are that way, if you know what I mean. I think that's because they play so well together and they know what they are. I agree with Bucky. I think it's a huge test. That's why I would be so impressed if we're getting on the plane on, on Sunday and they've won that. Because I think it would it would be much like Baltimore, where when you beat that team, you know you've beat a team that's not going to give you the game. Uh, so I don't like their chances Sunday, but I would sure like it for the Jaguars if they came out of there with the win because of those reasons. How about up front for this Tennessee defense, Bucky? Uh, Simmons is kind of the guy that, that starts things in the middle of that defensive line. Yeah, it's all about him. I mean, most – talented teams most championship caliber teams they have to have someone on the inside who also can stop the run who can stop the run and also get after the passer Simmons is that they took a chance on the kid when he was coming out of Mississippi State he was dealing with the injury they drafted him in the first round anyway and man he has been everything that they could have hoped for on the interior I mean a dominant interior presence a guy who is physical he has great athleticism he's heavy-handed he just can beat you up at the line of scrimmage and he has a knack for getting to the quarterback end as he is the guy that kind of sets the tone, it allows the other guys to kind of eat off of his uh, leftovers. And so this is a game where in inside, um, this is why you get Brandon Scherf, and this is why you kind of committed to getting some of these other guys on the inside to make sure that Trevor Lawrence or whoever's playing quarterback on Sunday are protected. But this is a tough, tough challenge because this guy is an all-star. This guy is an all-pro caliber defender that is playing uh, for Tennessee in the middle of the defense. Yeah, I I said somewhere this week, I think it's as big a test for the offense as it is for the Jaguars' defense because you're going up in, I don't guess it's going to be just a frigid cold like some of these uh, Tennessee games, but it's not going to be warm. 
And you're coming off a game as an offense where you sort of spent the whole season thinking and proving that you're a really improved offense. And you felt really improved after after two or three weeks. And you went up last week and you know the offense wasn't as bad as the defense, but it, but it gave a lot away. You know, an early fumble. I thought Trevor played better than the stats showed because of all the drops, but you didn't get it done offensively. And now to win this game Sunday, you have to go up and play well in a tough environment against a really good defense. You know, if, if the Jaguars' offense could go up and get 24-27 and and feel like they're 24 to 27 that you earned, that would be an incredibly impressive performance. I don't know that they can do it, but it's on the offense a little bit because you know the defense probably is not going to come out and play lights out. So the Jaguars' offense at some point has to start going and proving they can do it consistently. It's a big test. I mean, I, I, I keep saying it over and over again. It's a huge test. And if the Jaguars' offense can do something like that, then how much better would you feel about that as a unit? You feel great about it. Uh, I know you talked about earning points or whatever. I don't really care how they get the points. I don't care <laughs> if they get them on special teams. I don't care if they get pick six and scooping scores. Uh, the Jaguars got to put up 24 more points to have a chance to win. The one thing about the way the Titans play, they allow you to hang in games. And some of the problems that they've had is because they've had maybe superior talent to some of the teams that they've lost, but because their style of play, because they're kind of a grinded out offense, like we've seen early in the year against the Houston Texans, because they're like a team like the New York Giants, they will allow you to hang around, but you have to take advantage of your opportunities when you cash in. And when you get into the red zone, you got to score touchdowns. You can't settle for field goals. And if you can force a turnover, you have to turn that into points. What you would like to do in a perfect world you want to make this team chase points because in the passing game, when I talk about uh, Ryan Tannehill and Traylon Burks and uh, Bobby Trees, or they call him Robert Woods, I mean, like you have to be <laughs> able to put, you got to be able to put it up. You got to put points on the board. So whatever happens, they got to figure out a way to create points and make the Tennessee Titans have to put points up. Yeah, it's another one of those games, JP, where you feel like if the Jaguars are walking off the field first quarter and a half with field goals, that they've probably left too many on the field, and that at some point Derrick Henry's going to you know, be Derrick Henry. Guys are falling off of him. That's what scares me. Not ideal. Hey, uh, we'll come back in a moment. Tyler Shatley, the nominee for Walter Play- Payton NFL Man of the Year for the Jaguars. That's coming up. Our social media question. We'll get our final thoughts as well. Are you ready to join the Jaguars? Well, 2023 season ticket deposits are now open. Secure your place in line to select the best seats at the best prices with flexible payment options and pricing for every budget. You don't have to miss out. So visit jaguars.com slash tickets and place your deposit and be at the bank for every big play next season. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. All right, and then lastly, okay, we've got the um, – Walter Payton Man of the Year Awards coming up here uh, at the end of the season, obviously, but the Jacksonville Jaguars got every team, all 32 teams have a nomination. The Jaguars, 2022 nominate a nomination or nominee, okay? The longest tenured Jaguar player since 2014 has played in 122 games, 11 mo- most in franchise history. Extensive community work supported the following organizations. So our 2022 Nomination for Man of the Year. Congratulations, Tyler Jackson. 
There he is, Tyler Shatley. Uh, you see a couple of the uh, many um, programs that he contributes to throughout the year. Uh, goes and visits kids at Wolfson Children's Hospital a lot as well. And uh, Tyler Shatley in year number nine. So uh, congratulations to him being the nominee this year. The uh, winner will be announced on uh, Super Bowl week. Uh, the Jaguars did have one winner in their history. That was Calais nice. Campbell, of course. Um, so a great honor, and, and Shatley today in the locker room was um, fantastic. Just, um, you know, uh, for him, glowing, I would say, about yeah. the nomination. Well, and deserved, and uh, he's a guy that, that I expect to be around the Jaguars, uh, respected by fans, respected by the organization long after he retires. You know, not everybody sort of hangs around and is still associated with the franchise. Uh, I I would expect it, uh, for him to be one of those longtime uh, Jaguars alumni who you always feel great about seeing. A uh, good guy and uh, very happy for him. And Bucky, his story's I mean strong. He was an undrafted guy, came in, he played off uh, played offense in college. They switched him over and just kind of found a way to stick around after different regime over and over and over again. The one constant really has been him. Yeah, he has been the one constant. And what you like about him is he's kind of a self-made man. He's He's been through some scars. He, he's a dependable and trustworthy veteran. Uh, he's a guy who can play multiple spots. Uh, you talk about his football character in terms of all the work ethic and stuff, but then being a great guy in the community. Uh, sometimes that plays well on your roster because as you're trying to build your roster and you talk about cultural fits, he's a cultural fit, which is why he's been able to outlast maybe some more talented players at his position to continue to be a Jaguar. So hats off to him for all his contributions in the community. And look, man, he will go down, obviously, as one of the best Jaguars, not necessarily for what he did in between the lines, but for what he's done to the community to make lives better in Jacksonville. Well, and, and at that spot, JP, you have to have – there's starters in the NFL and there's also key guys in the NFL. Uh you have to have a guy on the interior who you know can step in if your starters are out. And and for years he was that guy. There there's three starters on the interior, but that fourth guy, you have to have him. You have to have guys who can snap, you have to have guys who can do it. And uh Shatley has been that guy forever around here. So yeah, credit to him. Let's get to our social media question today. We got on uh, Twitter a little earlier. We put this cat signal out, and here's what we came up with today. And it's at Noptama. Uh, is it better to keep building the offense around Trevor, or do we have to address all the needs on defense in the draft? Uh, okay, it's yes, there's five games to go. There are a lot of people kind of looking towards the offseason already. There's still a lot to be done this season, though. Um, but as we've talked about today, uh, at this point, it's week 14. You kind of know what you are for this season, whether they win, lose, whatever happens down the stretch. What do you think here, Bucky? Uh, you know, there's something to be said for building an offense around Trevor because you want to have one side of the ball that can be dominant while the other side is getting better. And so it appears right now, offensively, uh, that has probably the quickest uh, chance, the quickest opportunity to come up to snuff. And so I think what you want to do is you want to make sure that you surround them with enough people that allows them to shine. Another running back, uh, another playmaker, maybe at tight end, fortifying the offensive line. There's still some more weapons that you can add around him to help his game continue to evolve. So, yeah, I think right now it has to be about the quarterback because it's going to take a few more pieces on defense to get that group from 
I would say down near the bottom to maybe middle of the pack, at least offensively, you have a chance to maybe put together an elite unit that can maybe you can win games in a shootout to the defense kind of evens up a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm never one necessarily to you know, say you have to go get this in the draft because I'm just such a believer that, especially in that top 10, you better make sure that your top 10 pick next year is a premium elite player no matter where you get him because this team needs great players. Uh, that being said, if everything's equal, uh, I I don't know how you I, I don't know how you ignore corner on this roster mm-hmm. right now. I, you know, if if you're sitting there at seven and there's a corner that you believe is a great player, I don't know how you pass them up because they don't have you it. don't you don't you get two of them you get one <laughs> in the draft you get one in free agency uh, you try and find another one. I think the one number thing that we know we. We don't cover well enough on the perimeter. You got to completely overhaul that position. You have to make sure that you have enough bodies that can play. And they have to play the style that Doug Peterson decides that he wants to play. Whether that bend but don't break, meaning guys that are great with eyes and 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 their feet and they can ball hawk from depth. If that's hey, we want to play more man to man and go up and kind of snuff people out at the line of scrimmage, whatever that is, you need to get a variety of them because right now. Outside of Tyson Campbell, he's the only one that I feel really, really good about in terms of being a guy that's going to play at a high level eventually for this team. Yeah. All right, Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. John, how you feeling about this one with your uh, your dog with antlers cup? It's uh, holiday season. Happy happy holidays. Thanks, John. <laughs> how about the game Sunday? That's <laughs> what it says on the inside of the cup. Um that's where my life is, Buck. Uh, but I don't feel great about it. I don't. I don't see how you can. Uh, the way they played, uh, the, the way their defense was, and the, it, um, it's it's hard to feel great about it. But I I do think last week's game was an aberration in terms of the level that they reached. I think they will play better than that. Um, I, I I will be surprised if it is a in for the last five or six seasons, it's been ugly in Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it 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 has felt like a game that has defined poor seasons, the last uh, four or five years, or, or uh, the last four the last five years, whatever it was. Last year they got shut out up there. That's right. There was the game. That they get blown 30 out. Thirty to right. They get blown out. I don't think they. I don't think that happens. I I don't know that they can go up and win on the road against Tennessee in a game that matters to Tennessee. But I, I don't think they get blown out. That's sort of how I feel about it. Bucky? Well, uh, I mean, I think they won't be as bad as they were last week. I think they were embarrassed. And typically when you have a performance like that, you come out more focused on the practice week. You tend to play better. Tennessee is dealing with their own uh, self level of adversity with your general manager being fired while you have a winning record and you're on top of the league. And so there's something going on in their locker room. I think Tennessee could be vulnerable. Um, they've lost a couple games in a row. They haven't played great football. Uh, I think it comes down to the Jaguars' ability to stop Derrick Henry and make Ryan Tannehill have to win the game. Uh, I think it's going to be tighter. Uh, I can't say that I'm a predict, like with a lead pipe lock, that they're going to win. But I think it'll be a tighter game. I think they'll play all right. Sounds like he locked it. Uh, it sounds like a lock to yep. me. Uh, I know a lock. I can smell a lock, and that, that's a lock. <laughs> that's what that was. Uh, Bucky, have a great week. Appreciate you as always. Hey, man, appreciate you guys. Let's get it done.
That's Bucky Brooks, NFL Network uh, reporter. And of Bucky course, got out of there in a hurry. Yeah, he did. Field reporter for Jaguars right. Radio. He had to go. I don't yeah. know. Something was going on. Uh, thanks to Joe Fortunato and audio. Brent Reber on the video side. Our entire crew for John Ozer and Bucky. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.